and welcome to Eventful, the podcast for meeting professionals. I'm your host, Lauren Edelstein with North Star Meetings Group. Eventful, the podcast, is our way of inviting you to join some of the interesting conversations we have with people in our business about topics that really should be on your radar. I look forward to hearing what you think, and please be sure to subscribe. While lack of diversity has long been an issue within the meetings industry, the death of George Floyd in May brought a renewed focus to the matter. But six months later, it's clear that there's still much work to be done. I'm Elise Schoening, Associate Editor of North Star Meetings Group. And on this episode of the Eventful Podcast, I spoke with Jason Dunn, Group Vice President of Diversity Sales and Inclusion for the Cincinnati Convention and Visitors Bureau. Jason has been leading the charge for change within the meetings industry and spent the past year serving as chairman of the National Coalition of Black Meeting Professionals. That term ended in November, and he will now serve as co-chair of the Event Industry Council's new Equity Task Force. In this podcast, Jason and I discuss these roles as well as where the meetings industry stands now in terms of diversity and what changes he'd like to see in the year ahead. In January, February, and March of of 2020 this year, we were already in conversations with MPI about diversifying and partnering with their organization as relates to education opportunities. And the reason that was was frankly because we knew that a lot of our members did not have access to education opportunities because they were pigeonholed and solely going after business, but no real investment into their professional development. So we wanted to partner with an organization to see kind of what they were doing and what the industry heralded as the premier industry um, uh, leader within that space. We had reached out to several other organizations whom I won't mention um, who never called us back. And so MPI and, and, and NCBNP began to have conversations. And, and then the pandemic happened when all of the individuals began to be laid off. And what we saw was first to be laid off was the diversity departments or diversity officers and people who work the diversity market. And we began to, to ask questions about, you know, why was this decision being made, particularly because, you know, the demographics are changing within the country. The country's becoming more brown. And if you look at the business that is coming back and that's recession-proof, it aligns with the diversity market. They tend to meet regardless of what's going on in in, in the world because they're mission-driven, not profit-driven. So there's some distinctions between the groups or the market. Then, Then George Floyd happened. And then we thought that a lot of the diversity officers were being hired back <laughs> because now the, all the, the brands and the CBBs had issues or were caught flat-footed, right? So then the discussion shifted to, all right, now how do we take care of our members mentally? Because now the focus on um, those who were not called back or those who were let go after having 20, 30 years of employment at one particular organization had now been let go based off of no revenue was coming in. So for us, we had to really think about how do we keep our members inspired, one, two, connected to professional development, which when the market turned around, that they will be hireable and in a position where they could achieve more than what they were before the pandemic. And then lastly, how do we encourage the industry to see diversity as a opportunity to bring the market back in addition to a, a respected market that could help with their bottom line as well. 
And so the whole year was built around inspiring, empowering, and being focused, which is how we ended. We wanted to inspire people to keep going because we've been here before. We wanted to empower people with education and information and keep people focused on the pandemic will end. We'll, we'll, we'll come out of this, but where are we coming and where are we going next? And so the partnerships with MPI, the partnerships with DI, the partnership with Connect uh, Meetings, the partnerships with MNGY Global were all intentional and around those three buckets. MNGY Global gave us the opportunity to begin having discussions about how do we show the show what the what the the future travelers' characteristics are, and what's the benefit of the hundred and nine billion dollar impact of Black leisure travelers, right? And then what is the impact of the nine hundred thousand dollar a year annual budget that Black meetings and conventions bring, and the impact of it to an actual destination in a local community, right? And then, and then we wanted to talk about from that perspective of the association part on what we bring to an actual destination. And then with DI, we wanted to focus on, well, CDBs and DMOs, you have your own individual strategies, but are they rooted in what is the future of the industry and the future of the country? Tourism is a microcosm of the rest of the world. So how are we leveraging that? And are we, and are we an empowerment organization or are we simply a profit-driven group that is benefiting only the investors of brands and not as an ecosystem within our local economies. So we tried to show that tourism was an empowering piece and it is a piece where we can can help retention with people within cities. We can help bring corporations to a destination if they feel welcome. We can help with workforce development. So it's a holistic vehicle that can drive an economy outside of hotels and convention centers. So we have to reflect the growing demographic that's changing and that the rest of the world is evolving around us as a nation. So we are working with DI to figure out what is it that DMOs have now, where the diversity base is, meaning do you have any black employees, do you have any female female, um, CEOs, Um, where is the gender and ethnic gap within these particular modules that we've introduced. And then based off the gaps, how can we solve for them? And it's not a gotcha moment. It is a great card to reflect where you are in comparison to the rest of your colleagues and where you are based off your strategy to succeed. Are you aligned properly with the changing demographics that will help your bottom line grow and to affect the local economy that's, that stimulates and, and is rooted in economic development and economic investment. And that's what it's all about, right? So if you see both sides of this, we try to affect the association side, which our members represent overwhelmingly. And then you look at the supplier side with the DMOs and the brands to figure out where their disparities are. And then as we heighten the conversation, then we ask, well, where's the accountability at, right? With Destinations International, there is that report card that's going to be coming out measuring diversity and inclusion in the industry, which is huge news. What kind of impact do you think that will have and how can it help hold that meetings industry more accountable for diversity and inclusion efforts? So I, I think the report card is going to, frankly, bring to light what people already know, but oftentimes it is it is when what's written down that matters, right? And if it's written down in a way that it's not a in a negative way that we kind of a gotcha moment. It isn't a learning, a learning package or a learning type of a presentation where here's where we are. Now here's where we ought to be. 
And then why, what are the issues that we need to solve for to get to where you need to be, right? And so for me, I think the impact is going to let people look in the mirror and say, is this who you really want to be? Is your staff currently aligned with or your tactics or strategies aligned with growth that will reinvest back into your economy and reflects your local economy and the persons that you're selling to? Because here's the reality. Again, America, the nation is browning. We know for a fact that the organizations that are under the diversity umbrella, most of them are, are, are mission driven. So they're going to be recession proof. They're going to they're going to travel as long as it's safe. They're going to travel. And historically, that has been the case. Right. So I think if you if you do that and you do the math, <laughs> it only makes sense to change your business model. Second, if you look at some of the characteristics of those groups that are selling or buying or coming to destinations, the number one piece that, that all of them across the, across the globe are in Asian, Hispanic, women, African-American, and LGBT community, they are focused on cities that have people who look like them or believe in their cause and or, or align with a principle um, that they believe in. So your staff should reflect that or you're being out of step with the rest of, of the country and the future of our industry. We've seen time and time again through research that improving diversity efforts just brings about more innovation within a company. It helps with business in terms of profit. There's a lot of benefits there. Fact. No, that, that's absolutely fact. Yes. And, and that's proven from the Nielsen study as well, that you get more innovation. There's more welcoming. There's more uh, comfort. And in fact, that the, the productivity also increases with a more diverse staff as well. So you're absolutely correct. The NCBNP recently held its annual conference in late November, and you had sent me one of the sessions, which was an interview between you and Marlinda A. Henry, who will be the new chairman. One thing that really struck me was towards the end, you mentioned that you had never attended MPI before this year or PCMA events, and I was kind of shocked by that. But you said that Black professionals typically feel maybe pigeonholed and as if there isn't possibly space for them at those events. Can you talk about that a little bit and hopefully how that's yeah. changed or maybe hasn't changed? Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good question. So I think it's historically on the DMO side and maybe the association side, we have a funny way of sending people, we have a funny way of limiting people's growth. So we send them to what we believe is their market only. And within their markets, there are shows that cater to those markets, right? And in anything outside of those traditional markets, you're not, you, you, don't, you don't go to. And what we know for a fact is that our members can sell to any market, but because of sometimes because of the pigmentation of their of the skin color and or their culture, they are aligned with individual groups that just speak to that. We have white members, we have black members, and we have black members who also who who sell to the corporate market or who sell to the association market, etc. But because they're only seen as what their pigmentation is visually, they're only pigeonholed to one particular conference. And so that, that, that has, in fact, stifled their ability to grow, and it has stifled their ability to become more um, entrenched in the industry that, as we know, is a vast industry, right? So for, for us, it became important to bring those entities to our organization so we can then expand or broaden our base and to show those organizations that we also have talent. And in fact, some of the best talent within the industry now came from us. 
That's Elliot, Al, Cleo, etc. So all those, Dan Williams, Sheila Neal, all those persons, they, Julie, 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 and rest of them. So all of them, all of them came from us. So I think as we begin to look at what we know to be true is that a lot of the directors of sales and VPs and CEOs and GMs in our industry are not of color. They don't have a broadened perspective of what groups represent which and then how they can invest in um, people of color's professional development. So I think it wasn't, so I think MPI and PCMA and some of the other organizations have frankly have, have, have not been allowed to fully fully benefit from our participation because we haven't been allowed to be, not allowed, but have not been um, introduced to them properly. So it was my first time going because I don't have any, what was considered corporate business, which wasn't true. So when I got into the seat, I was, you know, exposed to that and, and it, it became a great joy because I, I was, I was introduced to things that I hadn't, I didn't know about. And then we brought that back to the organization. And I argue that we are better because our, our sites are broadened and so is MPI because their sites are broadened on what we offer them and what they could offer us. And collectively, I argue with EIC and, and Connect and et cetera, that we have raised the level of consciousness within the industry about the importance of diversity. Now it's been just over six months since George Floyd died. And in the wake of his death, there were the Black Lives Matter movement really took off and got a lot of momentum and a lot of organizations, you know, came out and committed to increasing the diversity efforts. Do you think that in the meetings industry, we've seen that fulfilled or there's still a lot more work to be done? <laughs> so I, I, I would say that if I'm being transparent with you, which I always try to be, and I tell my members, I told the members too, when I was serving as, as chairman and I tell my staff as well, always walk always walk with your back straight and your head up and uh, you don't have to worry about nothing else coming to you. So I'll just be transparent with you. I believe that there are some brands and some DMOs and associations who, on the bottom of their heart, they truly are trying to change. But I also think there are some brands and DMOs and associations who are, who are reactionary and did not, did not and have not invested the time, resources, or, 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 or diligence to to solve for whatever their their insecurities are related to race, I, I I can tell you that the momentum that has that was happening during the George Floyd a time when 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 it was fresh within the minds of the industry, there was a lot of people trying to help and and get out et cetera. But I think now that the media has gone and and some of the hype has subsided, that people have gone back to what they are what they have done. I, I will say. The fact that we're having this conversation, the fact that many organizations were a part of our conference that historically were not, the fact that we had now have have partnerships with with the other organizations have I think that shows there has been growth. I think it shows there has been a commitment to to equity um, and diversity. I, it shows that there has been a heightened sense of awareness about what's happening. But I think but there are some some blind spots of organizations and brands that that frankly were just in, in the moment. And that moment has since passed for them. And I think those will be the ones who you will see that will be behind the eight ball in, in a couple months, a couple, six, you know, six or seven months when the industry is bouncing back and they're left by themselves because they didn't invest in diversity when the rest of the industry did and they're benefiting from, from the decision. So, and I think that lacks vision, that lacks uh, sincerity, and it lacks, and it speaks of their insecurity 
as leaders and as corporations and associations whom are scared or who have not fully invested in in, in the diversity conversation. I, and, and I think it's and I think they'll be left out of the conversation, left out of the business opportunities in the future. And that's a great transition to my next question, which is about your new role at the EIC and their task force. What can you tell me about that task force and what you hope to achieve there? Yeah, so the equity task force is going to focus solely on race relations within the industry. Within our federation of 33 organizations, I think it's 119,000 persons, I think, are part of that. And they're all of the major associations with, 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 within our, our, meetings, our meeting sphere. And so the goal is to, and liaison from each organization will, will be on the committee. That's our goal anyway. And I, th- I think we'll meet that. And then we'll talk about some disparities. We'll look at reports that we currently have, MTY Global, some of the other reports that we have from other consultants. We'll identify three to five buckets to concentrate on. And those strategies we will then introduce to the industry as next steps and SOPs for their individual organizations. And then the goal will be to have metrics behind those and best practices that organizations can practice within their umbrella groups to solve for or to at least help elevate the discussion of disparities and solve for those things to make sure that we're pushing towards equity, equality, diversity, and inclusion. So the goal was to first, again, identify where we are as far as the reports and studies that we have available to us look at the disparities, try to solve for those disparities with tactics, metrics, and resources, and then, and then present those to the industry as a best practices that all of our federated organizations are willing to adopt. And then we will come back and then see where we are in, in the following year on those disparities that we kind of looked at this year. As we come to the end of 2020 and look ahead to next year, what kind of changes would you like to see in the industry in terms of diversity, inclusion, and equity? Well, first, I'd like to see us treat each other as human beings, which I think we are beginning to see that regardless of our acronyms and our behind our names, regardless of the organizations that we align ourselves with or pay membership to, and we all have something in common. We're all human beings, right? And so if we're able to see ourselves as human beings, the rest is easy to build on. So from a diversity perspective, uh, uh, what I don't want to see is reactionary responses to diversity where the quick fix. What I would like to see is, is, is systematic changes with metrics and resources that we all align with in an authentic way that then allows us to move forward and show the nation that we can do it because we, again, are a microcosm of the rest of the world. And if we adopt these principles that, that the task force um, will introduce, that we are now all talking about via our partnerships, think about how that, how that stems out to other economies, how that stems back locally to these organizations, how that stems back to the workforce, how that stems back to economic development, how it stems back to tax, tax dollars from a local economy, and then how that changes the minds and hearts of individuals in their individual homes. So if you do it the other way, homes, tax dollars, workforce, economy, industry, associations, DMOs. So it's fluid between 
all of those entities, which then change the rest of the nation and changes how we look at each other. But the commonality of us human being humans has forever be consistent and be persistent in the growth of our industry. Yeah, I think you bring up a great point there that, you know, the meetings industry cuts across many other industries and could set a great example for taking the next step in terms of diversity, equity, inclusion that could ripple out to other industries as well. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Is there anything else that you would like to discuss? You you know, I, I really want to applaud your publication and many others, but I want names. I'm talking to you. So <laughs> you all took a, gr- a great risk in broadening your, your scope. And you didn't just do it one time. You did it consistently by giving a platform to many of us who historically had not had one. It takes allies like your publication and yourself to do the work that you're doing so we all can collectively gain from it. And I want to publicly say thank you for that. Lastly, I hope that our legacy speaks to that we can partner together, that with partnerships and commonality come productivity, comes out the human spirit, comes comes from uh, all of us climbing to one destination together and holding each other accountable and holding each other up. And I, I believe that in principle. I believe that in truth. And, and, and I believe that if we all just strive for that, that our industry will be better for it. And, 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 and I hope that we can see that, that part of our engagement. And if we can, then this, this industry is going to lead the nation and, and lead the comeback. And I think we'll all be better for it. Thank you so much, Jason. Thanks so much. All right. Have a good day. Have a good day, Jason. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Be sure to rate and review us and check back for new episodes soon.